0: We have Reshma Sojani, and Reshma is a leading activist and the founder of Girls Who Code and the Marshall Plan for Moms. She has spent more than a decade building movements to fight for women and girls' economic empowerment, working to close the gender gap in the tech sector, and most recently advocating for policies to support moms impacted by the pandemic. Rejma is also the author of the international bestseller Brave Not Perfect and her international TED Talk Teach Girls Bravery Not Perfection has more than 5 million views globally. Her new book Pay Up is now available for pre-order and will be released on March 15th which is amazing. I'm so excited and pumped to have you on the podcast. This has been like months in the making rajma so thank you so much for joining us welcome to the show thank you so much keisha it's great to be here it's great to have you and i just wanted to start because i am a big fan of immigrant stories and immigrants and i just wanted to get started we'll get into the book Marshall plan for moms but your parents story Of how they came to the united states is just so inspiring
1: and i just wanted to ask you just to share with the audience just a bit about that well my parents came here as refugees in 1973 and my great-grandparents were originally from india and people in india had been brought over to uganda to build the railroads from Kampala to mombasa and that my great-grandparents and so two generations of my family were living in africa my parents spoke you know fluent swahili And one day this crazy dictator, Idi Amin came on television, right? And said, you got three days to leave the country. And my parents had a huge family, right? So everybody was scrambling for refugee status. I think my parents had recently been arranged marriage. My mother was nine months pregnant or eight months pregnant with my sister when they arrived to the United States, but they were lucky to be two of a thousand refugees who got status to come to the United States, the rest of their siblings and parents were spread out in refugee camps, you know, all across Europe. And so they came to this country, like not knowing the language, not knowing, having any family, they were taken in by the like, Catholic charities that found them in this small one bedroom apartment. My dad changed his name from Mukun to Mike. My mother changed her name from Radu to Mina. And, you know, everything was about assimilation and getting in, right. And struggle, but also this sense of, I don't know, just like I always said, nobody loves this country more than my father. The sense of just um, gratitude, you know, for being able to be led into this country. And I was raised that way to give back.
0: That's amazing. And that you have done in just a phenomenal way. And even with the movement now, with the Marshall Plan for Moms and the momentum that you've had with that, can you tell us more about that? I mean, it's, unbelievable what has happened during the pandemic as millions and millions of women leave the workforce because of childcare it's just too much to bear i'm a mom of 3 myself and i was widowed when you know just 8 weeks after i gave birth so i know that firsthand that feeling of just feeling just overburdened so can you share with the movement now
1: reshma where it's at now and kind of what are the next steps yeah and this feeling of being overwhelmed, I mean, I started the pandemic, Whoa, well, you know, almost two, two plus, you know, we're going on our third year in March with a newborn baby, son in kindergarten. I was, you know, running Girls Who Code, largest women and girls nonprofit in the world. And I was with my newborn baby, I was going to finally take maternity leave. I had had him via surrogate. And so I had all these feelings, you know, that, that I didn't get to carry him in the womb and. I had all these fertility issues. And so I was just looking forward to being his mom. And then the pandemic hit and I had to go back to week- work when Cy was a few weeks old, homeschooled my five-year-old, saved my nonprofit. I got COVID-19. It barely registered. Like my liver failed. I got acne on my face. Like I was 16 years old. And, you know, every night I was just, like you said, overwhelmed and just exhausted. And a lot of the women on my leadership team were, were moms and when i looked at them we all looked the same just spent and as we as a team we're trying to figure out well, how do we you know how do we save girls code how do we how do we secure ourselves how do we make plans how do we, and how do we do this while all of us are homeschooling our kids don't have childcare you know in various places right in terms of single moms you know what what support that we have not to mention caring for our elderly parents because that's what we do I remember we was just like, you know what, we'll build our KPIs when the school's open. Because when the school's open, we'll get a couple more hours a day. And then most of our kids all go to public school. And remember, we got a a notice a couple weeks before. Well, congratulations, right? We're coming up with a Zoom school. And you're going to get to log on your kid at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, all the while you maintain your full-time job. And I was a little naive because I was shocked and i was like wait a minute wait, why didn't i get the email from the principal being like hey rush but do you have time mental energy do this and it was just assumed that we and they knew it was going to be the moms because all of the data that we have time and sheets was that the moms were doing the unpaid labor the moms were already doing the zoom schooling from march to may and so, as you saw in those in those months in September, you know October, November, December, in particular of 2020, you started seeing millions, you know, almost you know 12 million women pushed out of the workforce, right? And and it was for these reasons that we talked about: they didn't have childcare, daycares for centers were shut down, they couldn't bring their aunts, uncles, you know, grandmothers to come take care of the kids, right? many women, especially women of color, found themselves in jobs that weren't pandemic proof, right? And so when their jobs were gone, you know, when their jobs were gone, they had to figure out how they were gonna put food on the table. Many of these same women, women of color, didn't have paid leave because we live in a country that doesn't offer paid leave, especially for, you know, for low-wage workers, you know, and hourly employees. So when they were sick, they had to go back to work. And so, because we don't have any structure of care, we don't live in a society that offers paid leave. We don't live in a society where childcare is affordable. And I knew this. I mean, my dad couldn't afford the $50 a week for childcare. I was a latchkey kid when I was my son's age, you know, where I would walk the 12 blocks home by myself, let myself in, make myself a snack. My babysitter was not television, right? Most of my life. So, and all of us, all of us are, you know, you're shaking your head because you, we all do had to do this and i kept thinking about like well where's the plan like someone's got a plan like we can't lose all these jobs but you realize there was no plan because we were used to treating working women as our country's social safety net so we took out a full page out of the new york times with you know with women you know entrepreneurs celebrities moms right saying what's the plan we don't work for free use your first hundred days right to figure out how you're going to help women recover Working mothers recover. Nothing has happened, right? We have not passed the Build Back Better bill. Still, almost over two years later, We'll have three million women out of the workforce. The jobs report came out, you know, on on Friday that said men are entering the workforce at twenty-seven times that of women. Women, we still haven't bailed out moms. And so this book, Pay Up, is really saying, you know, what do we need, right? You know, women are in crisis. And, you know, not to mention again, the, the two plus million women that are still missing from the workforce, but the rates of de- anxiety and depression, you know, are on rise. And the reason why we're here is that so many of us have built, you know, built, you know bought into the big lie of corporate feminism, that to succeed, you know, we all to have it all, we just had to lean in and girl boss our way to the top. But having it all is really a euphemism for doing it all. And we got to change that. I absolutely agree. And
0: I, you know, I have goosebumps now because we absolutely have been raising, you know, we've been telling women, you can't have it all, work your way up, work hard. Then you realize you're burnt out. You have nothing left to give. You still have to take care of your home and your childcare responsibilities. And it just seems like you're on a hamster wheel, which is why I'm excited about your new book. Too. And I think it's so timely, along with holistic wealth. Like, I think it's unbelievable our perspectives, especially as women of color. And I love that the points that you raised of how women of color have suffered through this pandemic, because I feel it. Like I saw it in my own families, and most of my family lives in New York City where the pandemic hit hardest. So I lost family members. I know exactly what that was like. And so, Rajma, can you tell us more about the book and what we need in terms of women and work? What do we need to move forward to make this more sustainable?
1: Yeah, I mean, the first is we have to all acknowledge, and I think we do now, is that we participate in a workforce, right, and live in a society that was not only not built for us, but has been stacked against us, right? And that this crisis that we're in right now, the fact that we have the lowest women's labor market participation in the history of our nation is something that everyone has to care about. If we don't create a new future for women in work, the consequences are going to be devastating, right? So the industries that mostly employ women, education, childcare, domestic service, right? They're decimated, and they will continue to be decimated if we do not figure this out. You know, our long-term economic security is going to suffer. The birth rate in this country is the lowest it's been in 50 years. I mean, you know, most women we talk to, they look at us and they say, not me. I don't want to do that. To be a mom in this country, you get no help, no support. It doesn't make sense. And if we keep pushing women out, if we keep pushing women of color out, we're going to lose the diversity in our workplaces. And that means we're going to lose on innovation. And finally, we're going to destroy our kids. Look, I mean, how many times? I have a two-year-old and a six, and uh, now a seven-year-old. He turned seven yesterday. I feel like I apologize to Sean every single day. I don't have the patience. I'm tired. You know what I mean? I'm exhausted. I don't have the support that I feel like I need, and I have resources. I'm one of the lucky ones, right? And research is showing us that for preschool-age children, you know, whose parents are stressed out, they're twice as likely to suffer from their own mental health issues. By the time that they're three so this crisis that we're in is enormous and but again we have an opportunity it's like never waste a crisis we have an opportunity to rebuild our workplaces once and for all so that they work from us you know no more hiding our children no more assuming that we are less qualified less committed to our jobs because we're mothers you know no more breastfeeding in a closet no more apologizing when we have our kid interrupts our zoom call We do not have to choose between being an ideal mother and an ideal worker, right? Because again, we live in a workforce that assumes that we're going to be both and we cannot continue to be asked to be both without any support. Absolutely.
0: And I feel that so much because I feel like this is my story. This is most of our stories and it's unbelievable and how backbreaking. And I say that literally because I honestly have a back injury right now and i was one of those moms pushing it through my back injury and it's a spinal injury like i literally have a crack in my spine and i was one of the moms pushing it through the first half of the pandemic with multiple kids and online learning and my 9 to 5 job and pushing through and pushing through until i couldn't go anymore i could not like i literally had to step back i had to step back and take that leave to take care of myself so Rejma, i know i know exactly What you mean and how important your work is on behalf of moms. You have no idea. I mean, so many moms are struggling with everything you've mentioned on top of health issues and dealing with the kids and juggling everything. And it's unbelievable. And so, as you know, like women's economic empowerment is so important to me, having been widowed at 31 and you know, left with two young kids alone and trying to do everything you just mentioned there, you know, crafting a life and continuing on and making sure the kids were fed and we were all okay. And I, and I remember in the midst of it, thinking about my personal financial identity and thinking that, wow, it was so wrapped up in my husband's because as a woman, I was so busy doing all these things, right. We're all so busy, We don't even get the time to think through these things that we need to be thinking through that are so important to our own economic empowerment, to our own future in terms of financial freedom. And so I developed the quiz, the personal financial identity quiz. And I know you took the quiz and I just want to get a sense from you, you know, how well it aligns with (laughs) what you know of yourself, your spending, your saving habits, your life so far and everything you've been trying to do. Could
1: you share your results with us? So it says I'm a a minimalist. Wow. It doesn't surprise me because here's the thing. I think you can relate to this. Money was always an issue in my house, you know, because my parents came here with nothing. My mother never bought anything without a coupon. A night out was Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. You know, I had all my hand-me-down sister's clothes, right? Like there was like, everything was like Kmart, Target and, you know, frugal, cheap, you save, you save, you save. I mean, to this day, my parents, if I take them to dinner, we'll, we'll share, you know what I mean, plate like, together. It's in, and so I hated that. I hated feeling that money had that much control over my life because I watched them like, I felt like, they just didn't have joy in living because they had this burden right over their head, and I didn't want to live that way. So I really tried to have this very detached relationship, money, and it's interesting because I graduated with three hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt, and I'm and those that debt really made a lot of my choices. So one, it's like I do lip keep it simple you know what i mean i do um uh, but i do love you know there are things that i like nice things and certain things right but i don't try to i don't want to stress about money now what's bad about that is i feel with you feel, i don't under i don't know our, our home finances and i've kind of made myself commit to myself over the past couple of years to get be more engaged you know and i think what happens in in relationships right is like you you got your to-do list. And as we started having kids, my to-do list got really large. You do the groceries, you buy the kids shoes, you do the laundry, you do the dinner. You know what I mean? So one thing I was like, you know what? Fine. Then you pay the bills and you, (laughs) I'm not looking at that. I'm not even going to look at it because that was like, if I look at it, it's going to end up on my list. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Right. So (laughs) that was like not, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like I should have been like, you do all these things that I'll pay the bill. It's unbelievable
0: because as you're talking, that's exactly it. And I know many women can identify with this. It's just our life. We have so many things on our list and we know if we even take a peek, it's going to end up in our territory. So we're just like and that's what I did, too. You know, and and even for women who are money experts and like I'm a trained economist and I, I just I just could not take on one other thing on my plate. Luckily, when my husband died, he had this folder, this where he put all the papers and everything, you know, that we needed, all our financial documents. So I was good to go with that. And luckily we had all joint accounts. We had joint everything. So, you know, so that worked. But still after he died, I still felt this void. And so it's interesting to hear your thoughts. And I love that uh, because you're right, the debt kind of controls a lot of the time when we have the student loan debt or the mortgage debt. It controls our decisions. It controls our mindset. And we feel powerless, especially as women sometimes when we're doing so many things. And so it's unbelievable, right, with those insights. And I wanted to go back to your work with the Marshall Plan for Moms because you you've gotten some momentum Prince Harry and Megan, they signed on to support. And I just wanted to ask you about that because I thought that was phenomenal with the work that you're doing, the attention it's receiving, and because it's such an important topic and that really jives with holistic wealth. Like this, to be honest with you, is such a big part of holistic wealth. Like when I even wrote that book, all of these things were in the back of my head because I suffered personally through everything we've been talking about. So can you just tell us about that bit and how you've been able to attract this, this large, not only following, but you know, these um, celebrities who are interested in the cause.
1: Well, let me, I first wanted to say that Meghan Markle is incredible, incredible. And her and Prince Perry selected Marshall plan for moms as one of the organizations that they were going to support. And she has really put herself out there on paid leave and um put herself out there and supporting organizations that are fighting for paid leave i thought that the way that she did it by listing the organizations with the release of a a photo of their of their of their children was so because she's trying to get attention to us and this idea of using your power and your platform not a lot of women not a lot of people do that forget about actually more women do it than men but And to do it, and you know, you're gonna still get criticized for it. Just extraordinary. She's extraordinary, extraordinary. I fell out of my chair when I found out. I was like, what? You know, that was a blessing. And just again, you know, grace of God that, 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 that happened and that, that she helped elevate this issue. You know, look, I think the thing is, is that I think a lot, this pandemic opened up a lot of people's eyes and it's their own experiences. It doesn't matter. In some ways, it doesn't matter if you're living in a penthouse. Right? Or if you're living in a one-bedroom apartment, to different degrees, you're experiencing this. You know, I think, you know, it's been so overwhelming for mothers, this moment of isolation, having responsibilities, your kids, your work, your keeping them safe, keeping yourself, keep, keeping your parents safe. All of it. And it's like you said when you were talking, Keisha, it's like it's not an option to quit. We don't get to quit being a mom we don't get to walk out the door and be like especially if you're a single mom and be like, i need a break i need to take a walk We well, you don't get to do it well it's one of those jobs that's thankless that you don't get to quit you know what I mean and that you don't get a lot of respect and recognition
0: no absolutely it's so true and i remember reishma as you mentioned single moms when my husband died and i became a single mom I was grieving like millions of women from COVID-19 now who've become widowed and are grieving through this and they're having to do everything at the same time. And I remember doing it and just feeling like I would not make it. So I know how these women feel. I didn't feel I was going to make it. I did. And so I know there's hope. And I know, you know, if you're listening in and you're at that point, there is hope. But it's absolutely incredible
1: and just important the work you're doing. Here's the thing. I think the thing is, what you're saying is so important is, I think the first thing to say to every woman who's listening, like, you deserve help. What you're feeling, the expectation that we put on, on moms is not normal. And so one that has such, we demand support. And I know you're tired. And it's hard to like march for something or protest something when you barely can just make it through the day. But that is why I think this it's important to have this conversation in a sisterhood and in a form of solidarity. So we're all lifting each other up and recognizing what we fight we we get, we get for all of us. You know what I mean? And and that's where this book pay up, this idea of like paying. I mean, I can't even tell you how many debates we had about like, can you say pay up? Are we gonna offend somebody? But what's the but isn't it true? Isn't it time that we pay up? Isn't it time that we actually redesign workplaces isn't it time that we subsidize child care? isn't it time that we offer pa- is it time that we demand that men take paid leave is it time that we support the three out of ten american families are run by single parents vast majority are women so what do we expect them to do if society if their work is not going to actually support them
0: absolutely and it's true it's time to pay up it's way overdue it's time to pay up and so Rejma thank you so much for being on the show. Can you just tell our audience where to get the book? I'll post the link to
1: that. Yeah. get Pay up at your favorite independent bookseller, hopefully a woman or a woman of color, a person of color. Um, you know, again, so many booksellers are the kinds of women that we're talking about and have been fighting through this pandemic to just make it. You can learn more about the book on com and get it for you, get it for everybody, you know, like let's build this movement together. It's time to take women from rage to power. And we're at this moment for critical change and lasting change. Absolutely,
0: and that's amazing. And so yes, get the book and I will be posting the link everywhere so you know where to find it. Thank you so much for joining us again.
1: Thank you for having me. It was so wonderful being here. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for joining us this week on Holistic Wealth with Keisha Blair. Make sure to visit our website, keishablair.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you will never miss a show. While you're at it, If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Are you a member of the Institute on Holistic Wealth? If not, what are you waiting for? Go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to choose your membership plan and join. As a member, you get so many perks. Free worksheets, advice, coaching, and a member's workshop to design an intentionally designed life. You need to figure out your life purpose? Take the Build Your Life Purpose Portfolio online self-paced course. You're struggling with all your money decisions? Take the free financial identities quiz and then take the course. You recently had a breakup job loss or experience the death of a loved one take the holistic healing course you need an overall plan to achieve holistic wealth we will help you figure out your holistic wealth blueprint and of course if you want to start making money by helping others achieve holistic wealth become a certified holistic wealth consultant regardless of what career you've got the Institute will show you how to increase your income and walk in your purpose the sooner you join the the sooner you start to achieve a more holistically wealthy lifestyle. And you're going to want to stay for a very long time. So go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to join. If you haven't read the book yet, pick up a copy of the award winning, best selling Holistic Wealth 32 Life Lessons to Help You Find Purpose, Prosperity, and Happiness.